welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's word. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Constructionist Podcast, where we're always challenging you and giving you uh, thoughts and tools in order to grow and build in yourself a stronger heart, a stronger soul, a stronger mind, a stronger spirit. And this is what God is after. The Bible uses the word edify. We should be edifying each other. We should be uh, building each other up so that we can be strong in this world that we live in. And today we're going to talk about reasoning in our hearts. I don't know if you've ever read Mark chapter 2. I'm sure that you probably have. But let's read it together. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum. And after some days, it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. So Jesus is in a house and it's packed out. He's having like a really big home group meeting. (laughs) And there's lots of people there to hear him. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, and he was carried by four people. And they could not get into the house because of all of the people. And they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. So these four guys showed up, and in those days, uh, the way houses were built, they were built with a flat roof. And up on the roof, you would... Uh, I don't know, dry out fruit and hang your clothes and things like that. Maybe catch a little bit of breeze in the evening. And these guys went up on the roof and they ripped a hole in the roof. And maybe there was already a bit of a skylight there or something like that. Uh, And they lowered this chap down who wasn't able to walk. He was just on a stretcher. So they lowered him down to Jesus. And it says that when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the policy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Okay? So he looked up and saw the faith of the four guys who were lowering down this chap of theirs, friend of theirs, and he saw their faith. They were persuaded that Jesus was able to heal their friend. The guy was just lying there. And, and really not moving and probably was a bit embarrassed about what they were doing. But he saw that the four guys had been so convinced and so persuaded and so believing that Jesus was able to heal their friend that he turned to the guy on the stretcher and he said, your sins be forgiven you. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts Why doth this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now, what's kind of sad about this is that they were right. Who can forgive sins but God only? Now, we can forgive each other if somebody has a sin against you or if you wrong or or sin against somebody else. You should go to that person and ask for forgiveness, especially if you're repentant, if you're remorseful that kind of thing. But ultimately, all sin is an offense toward God. And so God is able to forgive when we go to him 
uh, it doesn't mean we shouldn't then also go and seek forgiveness from others that we've hurt. But ultimately, God is the one that, that cleanses the heart and can forgive the sin. So they were in one sense right. Who can forgive sins but God only? He is the ultimate one that we sin against. David says this in Psalm 51. Even though he uh, sinned against Uriah and had him put to death and stole his wife and got her pregnant and all that business, he says in Psalm 51 to God, against you, you only have I sinned. So you see how this works. There's a, there's a sin, we do sin against others, but there's an ultimate sense that we're sinning primarily to God. So God can forgive. So they're right about that, but they didn't recognize Jesus as uh, God in the flesh. Paul says in Colossians that the fullness of the Godhead dwells in the person of Jesus. And so he is God in the flesh. He has authority to forgive sin. But he's, so initially Jesus is not addressing the man's illness. He's not addressing his physical need. He is ultimately addressing his spiritual need. And so that has to always be brought into mind whenever we're doing any kind of humanitarian work and we're addressing people's physical needs. And I've been on little mission trips and uh, lived in Africa for a while and have been involved in helping people in their physical need. But ultimately, we should always be seeking to help them primarily in their spiritual need. So Jesus goes straight to that when he says, your sins are forgiven you. And then these people reasoned in their hearts. So this idea of reasoning in their heart, let's think about this for a moment. To reason, to ponder, to churn over, to, um, to consider. But they did it in their own hearts. Now this phrase pops up in the Gospels about a dozen times or so. And I will give it to you as homework to look up the number of times. Go to this passage in Mark 2. Get out your Bible app. Click on the verse, reasoning in their heart. Look at the Greek word. See where else it's used. What you'll find is that in pretty much every case, except really for Mary, it's, it's applied to Mary, and when Jesus was a little boy, she kind of reasoned in her heart. In pretty much every other case, the reasoning is wrong. The disciples, these scribes, they get it wrong when they are reasoning in their heart. So let's keep reading here for a moment. Uh, verse 8, And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why are ye reasoning? Why reason these things in your heart? Okay, so he's recognizing that this is exactly what they're doing. They're reasoning in their heart. It's a self-contained thing. It's like groupthink. Uh, it's like having an insular uh, group of like-minded people that churn out some speculation about why things are this way or what they all think about a certain situation. Then they come to a conclusion that in their mind makes absolutely perfect logical sense. But it, it, but because they haven't uh, gone to anybody else outside of their little world of thinking to challenge what they have come up with, they think they're absolutely right. And they wonder why everyone else is so stupid for getting it wrong. You follow me? Why reason these things in your heart, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, your sins be forgiven you, or to say, arise and take up the bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, and he turned to the sick of the palsy, 
And he said, I say unto you, arise and take up your bed and go your way to your house. And immediately the man arose, took up his bed and went forth before them all in so much that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it in this fashion. So see how this works. Jesus addresses their reasoning in their heart. Now he was able to perceive what they were not saying out loud. And he was able to do that uh, through the spirit, but they got it wrong. And the disciples in another case, they reason among themselves and they get it wrong. And Jesus has to correct their reasoning. So we see this today in a couple of different ways. One of the ways we see it is as this is being recorded and when it's going to be released is literally on the brink of election day 2020, where we're going to be choosing voting ultimately for a new president. But we saw in the last election, when it was Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump running, that the, the, the Hillary Clinton crowd were devastated when he lost. And the reason why they were devastated is because they were so convinced within themselves that it was a foregone conclusion that Hillary would win the election, that when it actually didn't go their way, they just were shocked because... There's a, there's a tendency within liberalism to only want to hear what other liberals have to say. It's, they don't necessarily go outside of their mode of thinking and, so, and seek out other people's views. And so they tend to stick within their own little groupthink. Now, this is very common in many circles. And so if you're one of these people that um, just stays within their own little environment, you have to be careful. Because you can end up sort of reasoning in your heart that everything is a certain way and it turns out to not be that way. We tend to live in a society where everybody has their little pockets. You know, I'm representing the black community. Well, I'm representing the feminist community. Well, I'm representing the, the, the women under the age of 10 community. And, you know, it goes on and on like that. And you see it more and more in uh, film and in particularly like events We've been watching uh, the Eco Challenge, okay? So it's just been released recently on Amazon. And when they interview different members of different teams, they say things like, well, we're representing our country. We're representing Honduras. We're representing uh, Australia. Well, that's perfectly fine. But then you have others saying, well, I'm, we're representing uh, the women of India. Well, we're representing the, the gay and uh, LGBT community and that kind of thing. And so it gets to where everybody becomes uh, focused on their own little world and their own little view that they almost do it to the exclusion of others. And it can become a very negative thing. Now, this is also true in circles of what's called the emergent church, where they're now talking about having uh, local community interpretive groups. And so depending on your local community and the group that you're involved in, then you can interpret the Bible in that group and it becomes the truth for that group. Some other group somewhere else might be interpreting the Bible in their way and coming up with uh, a way of understanding the scriptures and applying it in their little group. Now, to a certain degree, that's probably okay and good, but this is what all the groups are misunderstanding. It doesn't matter if you're in the world or in the church or, or involved in whatever. There is an ultimate truth, and then there is application of that truth. So the scriptures allow for a lot of freedom 
in regards to certain kinds of application. But the scripture also is pretty clear that there is ultimate truth and ultimate guidelines by which we should, as humans, live our life. So uh, God himself, as I mentioned a minute ago, is the fullness of the Godhead is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we have to recognize that as a statement coming directly from God. If you want to walk a certain way, it has to line up with the totality of the word of God. If you want to say something is true, it has to line up with the totality of the word of God. If you want to say that you are living your life to the full, it has to coincide and correspond with the totality of the word of the word of God. You see how that works? And so to begin reasoning within yourself can get you a little bit off because you're seeing things from your own perspective. So right now I'm in the process of working on a master's and I have to write essays. And when I write essays, they say, okay, here's the thing that you need to write about, the general topic. So you attack it how you please, but you need to discuss this topic. And so as soon as they say the word discuss, that means you have to have differing views come in. And so I'm reading books uh, written by people that I don't agree with, but I have to do that in order to understand their perspective so that I can see that they're coming from this line of thought, but if I read the scriptures, the scriptures are saying this thing. And so that creates this dichotomy, this, this almost contradiction where I have to try to understand how is it that they're coming to their conclusions? What are they emphasizing that may be true, but what are they also saying that, that is off? And doesn't really line up with the way the scriptures work. And that's where it kind of gets a little bit tricky to have to weave your way in and out of, of, this kind of, the, of the thinking that people are in when they're writing all this stuff down. But I'm required to look at the other side of the story. Now the book of Proverbs says everyone's view sounds right until the other person comes along and explains it from their perspective. And so, so we can't just sit around doing our own little group think, we need to recognize that ultimately the Bible is the word of God and it is the mind of God given to us in text, in print form, so that we can read it. And we have to read it 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 and we have to read it. I mentioned before that I've trying to discipline myself to do 10 chapters a day. So when you do that, let's say you start at Genesis 1 and just start reading. Every day, 10 chapters, 10 chapters. By the end of the year, you'll have read the Bible three times. And so you do this on a regular basis. And, you know, once you read the Bible through in four months, then turn around and read it again. It's not that far out of your thinking from when you read it the first time. And so you go back and you say, oh, that fits in with that. Oh, that corresponds to that. Oh, God is saying this here. And he's also saying that there, that opens up an understanding of whatever the subject happens to be. So that's our challenge in this world that we live in, where everybody seems to be reasoning among themselves, and they're having their moment of glory in the sun, and they're saying, I am this, and we represent that, and this way is the way to go, and that needs to be true, and da-da-da-da, but we have to recognize that the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form is in Jesus. His words and the whole of the scripture are reflective of the mind of God. 
And so because of that reflectiveness of God's mind, we know what God thinks on any subject. And so we tackle the Bible in a very serious sort of way. It's not airy-fairy. It's a serious sort of way where we begin to to really try to analyze what it's saying. Now, we may end up with differences. We may end up with not 100% knowing, but we 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 re, we work everything out through uh, wise counsel. We talk to people who have been reading the scriptures for a long time. We spend time in prayer. We don't make any rush decisions or anything like that. And we realize that, oh, okay, God has a way of working things, of, of us living things out. And there are many, many, many promises in the Bible that we can attach ourselves to. And we can say, God, this is what you've said in scripture. If we walk this way, our conscience is clear. We are seeking your will. We want to know how you would want us to go forward. And God will lead us in that way. But to, but to separate ourselves from God, like the people in Mark 2 did, they saw what God did when he said, your sins are forgiven. But they didn't recognize that Jesus was the Son of God and that he had that kind of authority. And they reasoned in their hearts. Now, the disciples also are in a boat and they don't have any bread with them. And they reason among themselves and they get it wrong. And Jesus has to correct them. Now, they do recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. They do recognize that they are his disciples and they want to follow him. But they still get it wrong. So that's why there's always this sort of danger when you're reasoning things in your heart. So look up those ver- words, verses, challenge yourself to come to terms with the whole of the scripture. It is there to educate us, to strengthen us, to give us uh, a, a framework of thinking so that when we watch the news or watch television or media, we recognize that everybody out there is trying to fill our mind with something to make us make certain decisions and to live a certain way. That is definitely an agenda by the devil. And our flesh does not want us to correspond with the scriptures on a regular basis. It's a challenge, but it must be done. If we are to know God's mind, if we are to walk worthy of the calling that he's given us, then we have to be forever filling ourselves with the word of God and be careful that you're not reasoning among yourself. You're reasoning uh, separate from who God is, separate from the person of Jesus Christ. You have to allow him to speak to you and then you'll get it right, okay? So God bless you. I hope you have a good day. Uh, Be sure to be reading your Bible on a regular basis and we'd love it if you would share these with people that you think might be benefited by them and always be daily getting into the scriptures. It is your lifeline and your strength in these days. for taking the time to listen to our podcast if you are challenged and encouraged by what you heard today please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like you're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com that's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com and remember to leave a comment at itunes spotify or anywhere that you listen to podcasts